everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 330. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ron Mess. I'm Ari Rockefeller. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo Gumi. My ears! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. No, no, I'm really not. See, you need to stop hanging around Mako-chan, because she's never sorry. That's <laughs> got to stop right now. Yep, right. never ever. Yeah. Every week, boys and girls. Every week. <laughs> oh, man. We are live tonight, week of October 3rd, 2017, here on the VOG Network. Jesus Christ, where does the time go? I don't know, but I want I want my summer back. I don't know. I just want to know where the year went because honestly, this year went super fast. Yeah, I, I don't know. The summer was good, but that extended summer now is just cold, and it's like, what happened to like that little Indian summer mix of warmth and cold that kind of ease you into November? Now it's like, well, fuck, time for the denim jackets and the hoodies. Um. We're here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, where replays Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out an interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat clients such as Merc, XChat, Chatzilla can use irc.gamesurge.net. The chat room is VOG, V-O-G. Or you can head on over to animejamsession.com slash network where there is an IRC chat client link. If you click on that, if you have a chat client, that will bring you directly into the chat. And we're also on Discord as well, so swing by um, vognetwork.com slash Discord, and it'll bring you right into our um, server channel. Either you'll have to log in or whatever. Either you come in through the browser or the chat client itself. Either or, we'll have a great old time. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, check-ins are live, so go ahead and earn those uh, VOG Network points if you're listening on the syndication podcast feed. Um, there is a secret code or passphrase throughout the ep- somewhere in this episode. When you hear it, head on over to anime. No, head on over to VOGNetwork.com, put in that passphrase, and earn some cool VOG points. Simple, easy, effective. Uh, I don't think we can complain about that. All right, now we're going to go around the room with how was your week? How was your day? Ari. Uh, well, today was payday, but uh, knowing me, most like, most of the check already went to uh, paying the rent. Speaking of, I'm writing my pay- my rent check right now. Hmm. <clears throat> and, well, I did have some money left over to go grocery shopping, so there was that. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, it's starting to get colder out, especially in the morning, so I forget, I'm still kind of in denial about about it being October and the warm weather's starting to go away, so I was, on, I was kind of sort of freezing my ass off when I, walked, when I went to work wearing shorts, and it was in the 50s out. Yeah. And... I've been playing a lot more Destiny 2 as of late as well. Oh, okay, and cool. 
Well, that's been a lot of fun. Also, I managed to finally get the the battery swapped out in my 3DS. Well, that's good. I had to run over to Home Depot to get a, a screwdriver that was small enough to fit it. Okay. One got the because you know you know how I always like carry it on me everywhere I go. I, I like shoot them. Yeah, I need a screwdriver small enough to uh, fit one of these and you know show them the other side of one of the screws. So, you know, it points me to it, like, points me to, I like the single screwdriver or a whole kit full of them, you know, interchangeable it has, but eh, I don't need that. Plus, mm. you know, I still have, got, have some of my dad's old tools lying around in a shoebox, but, you know, it's better than nothing. It's True, good okay. for simple stuff around here. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, chatting me up about, you know, the new Ultra Sun and Ultra Moons, and he was saying, hey, like, I've been going out of my way to try to avoid spoilers for him, like, yeah, me too, kind of. And we they had our own little, you know, guesses about what would happen in the games or whatnot. Okay, that's cool. But that's still, you know, a little while away, and I'm still playing through the new Fire Emblem. I haven't even touched the new Metroid game I got either. Oh, it is so good. So I keep hearing. But, you know, <clears throat> you take my 3DS to work with me, but I have to, you know, constantly like, put it down when a lot of customers show up. So that okay. doesn't really bode well for, you know, fast-paced action games like that. Actually, it's not really fast-paced per se. Fast when well, you're fighting the bosses, yeah, but it's still just simpler for me. Like for like a turn-based game, you just be able to just close it and set it down, and you know, pop it back open. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. So yeah, that's how things been going for me. Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? Good. Ended up decorating for Halloween. It's time to get spooky. Oh, yep. Lord. Yep. Super, super excited. Good Lord. We have Wednesday Adams number one and Wednesday Adams number two here. I go by Triana Orpheus. Thank you very much. Close enough. <sighs> I'm more a fan of Triana Orpheus personally. I'm Team Wednesday Adams. Yeah. And we've arrived at another impasse. Great. No, I like Triana, but I'm just Team Wednesday Adams. Well, Wednesday is an OG, which we call original goth. So <laughs> it's all good. I see what you did there. Mm. But anyway, Mako-chan, tell us more yes, about yes. your day. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, I finally decided what I was going to do for Halloween, so I went ahead and ordered what I needed to order for that, and it is currently sitting at the post office. So, I'm excited. Tomorrow I will, you know, have a bunch of that. And my first package has arrived from Japan, that's also at the post office. So, I will have my Mimikyu plush, and part of Ranma's Christmas gift, and a lot of Japanese snacks. Mm. Reminds me, I still have no idea what to get you guys. I take cash. <laughs> I take booze. Yeah, I know, but for Christmas, I like to get you something a little more, you know, you know involved, I guess. You know, and I totally get that. And I tell people, you know, I'm kind of hard to shop for when it comes to Christmas. Here are my favorite stores. Gift cards are fine. 
Because usually, what I really want for Christmas, no one can afford except myself. And I'd rather, you know, I'll just put the gift card towards the gift. And it's like two for the price of one. So, anywho, is that it, Mako? Uh, basically. I found um, an ornament that I really need. So when I am out Saturday trying to hope that they aren't out of Szechuan sauce at McDonald's. Are you trying for that be... shit too? Hmm? Are you trying for that shit too? Um, I want to go and see if I can get, at, you know, get one. They're only giving out one pack with each order of their uh, new chicken tender, whatever the hells they are. But one of the local McDonald's is actually participating in it, and I really kind of want it. Yeah, I'm trying for it too. But anywho, I, so that's that's it. Your weekend day. So oh. yeah, so this Saturday I have to try and hit a Hallmark store and get the uh, newest ornament that is dropping. It's only going to be out for about a week, and I know you would probably want it as well. You might have to link it to me off-site, because I do... Oh, to... it's it's on my page. I, they did Nintendo ornaments. Oh. One of which is Luigi. Woohoo! Yeah. Because I have to hit up uh, Hallmark and pick up my grandparents' birthday cards and get them in the mail Saturday, so... Yeah, so they're actually... Um, it's going to be a store-exclusive thing, so you can't even order it online. And it... Is supposed to debut on Saturday, so mm. I'm hoping to hit one up on Saturday and it not be sold out, because then I'll be pissed. I hear you. And yes, Wild Spice, Mario is included. It's Mario, Luigi, and Yoshi. Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? Well, I'm so glad you asked, and thanks for having me again. I have had a fairly good week, I guess. It's been pretty busy for me. Um, I got a part-time job at a, uh, a very, um, I guess, kind of popular Halloween pop-up store called Spirit, which is like a subsidiary of Spencer's. Um, and I sincere condolences. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they're they're there. It's a pretty fun job. Um, it's been a lot of interesting uh, moments because um, for Halloween stores, I know most of you probably have been to a Halloween store in your lifetime. We kind of grew up around cosplay and having to like go to back alley outlet stores to get our wigs and stuff uh, for those of us who have been cosplaying for um, over a decade. <clears throat> I worked at a Halloween adventure once. <laughs> so I'm sure you know that the quality can sometimes be kind of questionable, right? <laughs> uh, yes, to say the least. But honestly, um, to be, I'm completely surprised because a lot of the stuff has actually stepped up their game. And I think a lot of it has to do with cosplay as a culture getting bigger, which is super awesome. Because a lot of the quality of the, um, the masks and the accessories and stuff like that, even the licensed gear and stuff, I've looked at the inside of seams. Ha 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 ha, salty ho over here. And um, I've basically looked at all the stuff, and I might be starting to post pictures of things that are available because the quality is actually really, really well done. Um, and this is coming from someone who's super, super picky about stuff. So I've been really excited about my new job, and then I've gotten more classes. So I've been just busy, 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 and then I'm also working on my fashion line. So that's been 
a lot of stuff going on. Oh my god, it's terrifying because it's in a less than a month. Yay! Um, so yeah, that's basically been my life. If any of you are Rick and Morty fans, though, we do have portal guns and we do have um, we have the portal gun and we have the ray gun from Rick and Morty. And they're actually really nice quality, and they make the sounds, and they're super cool. They light up and stuff. Um, so, you know, it's been really cool. I'm kind of sad we haven't had as much foot traffic as I'd like, because I feel like it's still kind of early for a lot of people thinking about Halloween. But for all my golf friends out there, like, the home goods are awesome. There's a lot of, of um, there's a lot of Ouija board stuff this year that I'm definitely going to get into. But anyway, um it's been a lot of fun. It's been a busy week, and it's not going to get any lighter until the end of the month. So we'll find out on this episode of Cat Does a Thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was up there the other day getting some home decorating stuff, but like normal home decorating stuff, not Halloween. No, no, like uh, I'm not going to lie. It's like all year round. Like I'm shopping yeah. now. For the rest of the rest of my life. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mako, Halloween decorations is your normal decorations. Don't lie. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, um, we decorated the bathroom more. So now there are more sugar skulls and more regular skulls. And now there's um, a Jack Skellington hanging. Oh, cute. Does I definitely remember. Ugh. No. No, but, uh, yeah, we also ended up getting one of the Hocus Pocus hanging yes. things. Yes, the... Hocus Pocus is yeah. huge this year. If you're a big Disney fan and you want to get your Disney on, you're Hocus Pocus. Like, spirit is crazy right now with it. Um, and the quality, again, it, it's actually gone up. I'm not trying to, like, hashtag not sponsored, but, like, it's gotten higher. Like, the, the fabric isn't just polyester, gross taffeta crinkliness that you, like, feel in your hands and it feels like it's going to rip apart like tissue paper it's actually gotten a lot better and i've been super surprised it's not quite as good as like cosplay shops and stuff online but it's actually pretty good for plebs mm -hmm. for the plebs that just do it one time a year uh, i hated working at that store i mean the funny thing is in like in the in the stuff it's like we sell fun but it's like but it's work and it's like, I know it's a job. I know most of the, the other people that I'm working with are like kids just out of high school or just out of college. And I'm like, I'm old. I'm mad because the chain-smoking fucktard who ran, who ran it didn't, like, <laughs> treated me like a child. And, you know, would keep, you know, pretty much kept me away from the register and the dressing room where, every, where like, everyone would go and try on the, uh, like, you know, quote-unquote sexy versus the costumes and mm. just... I won't Pull lie. Pull the bag and you know, strew them all over the place and not actually buy them. Sexy costumes are still a big thing, which is fine if that's your cup of tea or coffee or latte or whatever pumpkin spice bullshit you like. Um, <laughs> pumpkin rum. Um, uh, but, like, it's actually gotten a little better. The the other people that I work with, at least, um, when I went in, I was, <laughs> I was a little too business when I dressed up for my interview, but... Um, that was because I kind of grew up in a different era of interviewing. Um, That's the way and, it should be. Yeah, well, like, I went in and I was, like, in slacks and, or, like, actually, I was in some black trip pants because those are the only black slacks I have right now, but I was in a button-up blouse, and I was in, like, I was in, I was in corporate goth, 
let's be honest. And mm. and so I went in and um <laughs> and I went in and I was like, oh, uh, my makeup's a little too much. I'm a little too extra. I need to tone it down. There, like a guy came in in like a Ron Paul T-shirt and like some torn up jeans, and he looked like he had like I used to live out in like farmland so he looked like he had just come off the farm to work this side job and i was like damn i'm doing too much i'm a little too extra so i toned it down and i wore like a, a, a black shirt and like black pants the first day i went so thankfully i didn't overdress but it was just kind of like morning and stuff so that was super fun but Morning's a little easier because you're not getting a lot of the crazy stuff, but I wouldn't mind getting a few late night shifts because I kind of want to see the crazy. Those are the most interesting people. Like you should dress in like total goth and just be like, show them where stuff is kind of, you know. No, that's exactly what I do. I, I stand there, I look pretty and I rearrange stuff. That's, that's my job. And I work the cash register and ask people if they want to donate to a children's hospital or if they want to be heartless bastards. So it's always fun. Gee, uh -huh. do you use those exact words, Ichigo? No, no, I do not. But that's how they actually advertise it in all the paperwork and stuff. They're like, if they don't care about the children. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is really, really uh, extreme, man. Because, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. I mean, I'm nice about it. I'm like, if you'd like to donate, you can. Um, but we actually have this spiel that we have to go through. It's it's pretty crazy, but I mean, it seems like they're good people. They've got a good team, and the way that the store works for a pop up, it seems like it's it's a business. It's got to make money. That's how it works. So that's how it is. Mm -hmm. And Wild Spice donated, so we're gonna ring the shame bell for you. Shame, shame. No, I'm kidding. We're gonna ring the purple bell for you. I'm sure they ring it for you. We'll be like, shame this man. Shame. Shame him again. Shame. That happened shame him again. That happened at the Game of Thrones pub. We have the Game of Thrones pub in DC. And uh, they actually had a drink called the Shame. And anytime someone got the Shame drink, they'd get a little tiny, like, side bell and they'd get shamed at the bar. You were going Game of Thrones. I, Adam, uh, Rama and I were going New Day. Mmm. There's also supposed to be a Harry Potter pub in my neck of the woods and um, one or two other things going on. There's a really cool... Um... Wingardium Levio shit-faced? <laughs> I was thinking Osseo booze, but okay. Um, but yeah, there's supposed to be... Uh, there's a Shaw bar in DC. Sorry, I'm already picturing using Wingardium Leviosa to manipulate a beer stein over my mouth and drink, drink it without using my hands. Yeah, I feel like though, well, because there was that one wizard in the in the pub in the beginning of the movie that actually wasn't using vocal spells. Wandless, charmless magic. Yes, he was wand wandless magic. Anyway, and reading, not that we're Harry Potter and jokes or anything. And reading a brief was it a, a brief history of time? Yes, and he was reading a brief history of time. Everyone was like, <laughs> this, "This series is about the wrong guy, people." Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> but anyway, there <laughs> you go. Yes. You done? Yeah, I'm finished. Unless anybody else has questions or comments. You, you sure now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I'm so done. All right. Stick a pitchfork in me. I'm done. Well, well, in that case, shunk. Anywho. Shunk. <laughs> uh, my weekend day has been the usual, and I need to tell you about the latest chapter in uh, Fawcett Gate. Oh, geez, what now? 
Well, I, oh, yes, let's hear this. I think Mako-chan is the only one that knows of the latest update, but here, here it is. So, the guy next door comes over to fix the faucet. He's finally going to put in the new, the, new, the new faucet. I'm like, great. 20 minutes in, he can't do it because of the pipes underneath. For some reason, I guess now you use these rubber pipes with silicone tape to put in new kitchen uh, faucets. Fine. Now, I saw them when I went to pick up the faucet, but I was like, I didn't think to look underneath. I'm like, eh, whatever. He'll have it. Whatever. Fine. You know. So he says he'll be back later in the week or on Sunday. So I'm like, good. I can go ahead and try to do some type of uh, dishes. So I go to turn on the cold water. You know, that's fine. I go to turn on the hot water. Nothing happens. I realize that he forgot to turn the hot water back on. So I go underneath the, the sink, turn on the hot water. Then I go turn on the main uh, spigot. And I hear it drop, 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 drop. I go underneath. Somehow when he was reassembling the old faucet, the hot water thing isn't working. So now if I use that, it leaks. So I shut that off. So now when I wash dishes, I put in a quarter. I get my big pot, fill it a quarter ways of cold water, put it on the stove, let it get hot, add my soap, throw it underneath, the, under back in the sink, turn on the cold water. I have enough to wash dishes. So I'm doing my dishes Japanese style. So, and just for the record, he has not come back yet. I have no idea when he's going to fix this the problem is the the plumber his handyman doesn't work in the evenings so i'm like well i guess i have to make a key for him to come do this so i'm like part of me doesn't want to because ain't nobody here in the house but on the same token it's got to be done but when i'm thinking about it well i got a handle on it for the time so that's that um work has been good i've actually gone through sorry cleaning up my place so my floor is now a lot easier to see and through through cleaning up i discovered i had two copies of dragon quest 8 for 3ds and Oops. i yep i realized that i bought one copy back in february before i had to pull up the carpet and i was talking with my friend michi on twitter and she's a big dragon quest fangirl so i remember our conversation buying a copy at target and then when I was cleaning, I'm like, oh, okay. I have two copies. Thankfully, one of those copies have been sold. And this morning, I woke up with a strange type of sore throat. And I was, like, extra tired. You know your uvula? It was mm -hmm. sore for some odd reason. Well, there is something going around. Maybe, but... After work, working all day, I ended up getting like a little thing of ice cream and used that and night all the swelling and stuff has gone down. So I'm like, good. Because this thing cause this thing was giving me a pain in the ass while I was trying to drink my third cup of coffee today. But, but um, other than that, that's... Oh, also, I am getting ready to travel next week. Um, If, if you've heard on prior episodes, one of our uh, staffers slash co-hosts, Koi, is getting married so i am heading out to denver for the wedding and it's going to be pretty fun Woohoo! yeah so yay so there will be a show next week episodes will be out all that will be taken care of before i hop on that red eye flight out to denver uh next wednesday night so 
that's going to be kind of fun. Especially the fact that I only paid $200 for the ticket. Oh, nice. Yeah, because um, I connected through um, through my PayPal where you can get discounts, you know, and I have Ebates. I linked it to that. So because of all of that, the ticket cost me 212 I just got to pay 25 bucks for my luggage. And thankfully, everything can th go into the overhead. So when I get there, I can just pull my dress clothes out, iron, let it sit, let it sit in the closet. I'm good. Awesome. Yep, yep. And that's been my weekend day. So we're going to go ahead and take our first break. Let me adjust the microphone. <coughs> uh, Pardon me. Eh, no problem. It's all good. Now we'll go ahead and take our first break. And when we get back, we have some real interesting news. And one of the things we're going to talk about is something that I kind of knew about already because um, I heard about it through... Uh, through friends on Facebook. Sometimes the Facebook news network works a little bit faster than uh, CNN mm. or ANN, whatever you use to get your news. All right, so um, we'll be back. Oh, my God. 
All right, so before we get into the topics, I wanted to say something briefly about like Metroid Samus Returns because me and Ari were kind of discussing it earlier. Uh, it, I've discovered that Metroid Samus Returns is like one of those games where it's an injustice to sit there and play it in all in one setting. This is one of those games where it's all about exploration and playing it in bits at a time. That's just me. I mean, if I was playing it from start to finish nonstop, like I did with uh, Project Cross Zone 1 and 2, I probably would have been done with it already. But I'm, like, enjoying where everything is and how they just added all this new stuff. I mean, honestly, this is not the Metroid 2 that we grew up with. Plain and simple. It's got a lot of replay value, in other words. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me again. All right, so let's get down uh, to tonight's topics. Now, th this article, what we're going to talk about, I discovered on Facebook through some friends, and I'm like, I have never heard of this convention, so I didn't know anything about this. So what it is, the executive of Anime Punch, I would say the con chair, Michael Burelin has been convicted of sexual battery, and the convention pretty much ceases operations. This happened about a month ago, which is what I had already knew about. Evidently, he is already a registered sex offender in, in his home state of Ohio. Wow. The staff announced on their uh, Facebook page that that um, 10 days afterwards that the con is ceasing all operations. As the message that they left on their page, the unacceptable behavior from the top of the organization has led to, to this decision from the staff. There is no excusing what has happened. The post clarified that any future events and projects run by staff members will not be related to Anime Punch as Anime Punch no longer exists. The Columbus, Ohio-based organization ground of events held at Ohio State University. The first punch convention for non-OSU students was held in 2005, and the organization held yearly events called Armageddon. The staff has since hosted a number of spin-off events such as FieldCon in 2008, where it was the first convention to use RFID technology to track attendance. Now, from when, when this first revealed, 
I read stories of there were staffers that was constantly being harassed by the con chair, sexually harassed. I'm talking to the levels of where, you know, go to the cops. And supposedly he was hitting and flirting with underage girls as well. So maybe this is a blessing in disguise. I would like to see the staffers come together and do a new convention, brand new title, and go along as they can. I always believe that you should always try to keep your brand going, but if there are certain circumstances that happens where the brand is no longer good, like it's pretty much is tainted, yeah, you might want to just go ahead and just start something fresh. It's like what I see on Bar Rescue. And we have heard similar stories um, with Dragon Con and a few other conventions as well. So I hope that the staff can get past this and move on and do some more amazing and better things. Still, the guy's such a charmer, isn't he? Have you seen his mugshot? Ugh. Yeah, I seen it. Bah, that's all I gotta say, is bah. Yeah, and unfortunately, unless every con does background checks on everything, there's gonna, it's gonna happen again, and mm -hmm. it really sucks, um, but that's just what happens, is that people who have negative influence or negative reasons to, uh, participate in things like that, uh, they will find a way to do it, so, because background check, background checks worth are really expensive, mm -hmm. unfortunately, and a lot of cons, especially smaller cons, don't really have the monetary, like, funds to, to do them on all their staffers. True. And I think um, AX had so I think we talked about that with AX, and it was pretty much, yeah, um, we want you to do it, but you have to pay out of pocket for it, you know, so. But I think it's just more, honestly, call me crazy but from my years of going to conventions and so forth i halfway expected this type of shit to come from staffers and team leads because sometimes these staffers still don't know but it would in a way i'm kind of shocked it's coming from the executive or i guess the con chair I'd still be shocked if this came from someone on the executive board or staff, but it wouldn't be surprising at all. As somebody said, yeah, this was a, this was pretty much the norm in the punch house. I was like, wow. Honestly, that type of level of disrespect and sexual misconduct should not be normal in any type of house like that. No. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving right along, um, <coughs> Ari, what what's up with ADK? And let's try to let's try to fan the flames of this one. Okay, let's see. Oh, oops. A Japanese advertising agency, Asasco DK, announced on Monday that Boston-based investment firm Bain Capital's plans to purchase the agency. Bain Capital's plans to launch a tender offer on on, on Tuesday, and the total buyout is expected to be. 152 billion yen, or about 1.35 billion dollars, if the firm buys all the shares. Asatsu Inc. 
merged with Daiichi Kikaku Company Limited to form Asatsuku DK in 1999 and is currently Japan's third largest advertising agency. Asatsu and Daiichi Kikaku were involved in production of animes such as Mazinger Z, Kyoji no Hoshi, and Yokai Ningen Ben. Asatsuku DK has been involved with such productions as Pure Gundam, Doraemon, and Crayon Shinchan. Asasuku DK acquired 84.01 shares of an animation studio of Gonzo in 2016. The anime also established Anime Consortium Japan with, ben, got, with Bandai Namco and Anaplex in 2014. <clears throat> so, so let me guess, is this going to tie up the uh, licensing issues for all these uh, you know, IPs? No, but this is the first step into, the, into getting the Mitt Romney anime. The Mitt, what? Mitt Romney owns Bain Capital. He formed oh. Bain Capital. Sorry, I just got a really bad image in my head of Mitt Romney as an anime character. I mean, it's already been done with Trump, so Romney shouldn't be too far of a stretch in the tooth. <sighs> yeah. But, um, uh, uh, but... This is also the same company that owns Toys R Us and Toshiba. Now, Toshiba is doing well for itself. As for Toys R Us, not so much. So, and the hope all- you're not, not going to miss them after the uh, 2017 holiday season. Ooh. And they also have owned a chain of onsen rep- resorts called Oedo Onsen. So, as far as I know, they're doing good. And. I am going to assume ADK is pretty much is the, is the third most popular, third most largest advertising agency. So they're making money. Bain Capital is there just to make money. So I look at it this way. If they're making money and they're the third largest, let them be and let them keep it going. So, you know. And as Dark Tetsuya says in our chat room at live.bognetwork.com, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think anybody, any of us would be. Not one bit. All right, so Marco, what's going on with Comicet and the Olympics? So, yeah, um, I know that we had originally talked about this a little while ago, but there have been talks of issues with uh, Comicet. Because where it is held is going to be, uh, I guess, like the big press sorry broadcasting center. Hold on, sorry. Um, sorry. So you're you're talking about uh, press usually gets to the Olympics um, anywhere between two weeks to a month before the Olympics even start, and then you have the regular Olympics, and then you have the Paralympics. And then press is usually still there for a good couple of weeks after doing wrap-up. This is a very large chunk of time. And in that time, you have what should be used in that building, which is Kamiket. And Kamiket is basically Japan's largest type of convention, um, geek convention, anime convention. Um, It's basically just a huge gen convention Mm -hmm. but they hold it twice a year and while there shouldn't be any issues with 
the winter Comiquette for both 2019 and 2020, the summer Comiquette is very different. Oh. Um, so the Tokyo government was initially prohibiting uh, the use of the building from April 2019 to October of 2020. Um, aside from Comiquette, there are approximately 300 different events that use that building yearly. So what they're trying to do basically is either find an alternative place to host Comiquette, which the latest Comiquette was only a couple of weeks ago, and it hosted 500,000 people over three days. So you're talking about a place that has to have that type of capacity. Um... There's also a new construction site being prepared for the Olympics itself. Uh, so they're hoping that between everything else that's going on, um, that they may still be able to have Comiquette where it is mm -hmm. since new buildings will be operational. Um, yeah, so uh, the governor is basically trying to get everything together to hold Comiquette in the same building and same area that it is always held in. And uh, basically it's all down to logistics after that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the temporary space that they want to move Comiquette to is approximately 24,000 square meters, which is about 5.9 acres. Uh, the area that they use now is 80,000 square meters, which is 19.7 acres. So you're talking about a, an area that is four times larger than what they now want to use for the temporary space. And that's what, you know, that's where all of these people go. So... Yeah, Comic Head is either going to stay where it is, mainly because there's a shit ton of people, mm -hmm. or they're going to have to cap it. And I don't see people being very happy about that. It's going to upset people no matter what happens. Yeah, no one's going to be happy. Yeah, but at least the convention people will be happy if they don't, you know, have to stop and not be able to go. Because, I mean, you figure 500,000 people over three days, you have to reduce that by, you know, three quarters. And that would have to be the max amount of people that they could have. So you're looking at 125,000 people instead of 500,000 people. That's a huge difference. Hmm. Well, I, I well we we'll see what happens because either or no matter how you spin it somebody's gonna be butt hurt. Mm -hmm. All right, now that we got that out the way, Ichigo, tell us about this rap battle. Definitely. Uh, so, voice actor Rap Battle Project gets first live event at animated uh, oh, Animate Girls Fest. Wait, uh, 
Did you go turn your mic down just a scotch? Oh, sorry. Thank you. One moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is this better? Is per it softer? Perfect. I'm going to have to start some ASMR videos for you guys. Oh, Lord. And then lull you into a false sense of security and then yell really loudly into the mic. Um, Don't do that. I'll kill you. <laughs> project coordinators laid down a date for the first hypnosis mic division rap battle project where voice actors will test out their rhyming chops as personas of original characters designed by Idea Factory and Automate to appear on... Yokio, Neo Yokio. No, I'm kidding. Um, ah. God, that was horrible. <laughs> the Anime Girls Festival at Ikibukuro Sunshine City will host the first battle on November 4th, and the 12 voice actors will be divided into four groups of three. The groups are Ikibukuro Division Buster Bros, Subaru Kimura, Haruki Ishia, and Kohei Amasaki, Yokohama Division Mad Trigger Crew, Shintaro Asanuma, Shinichiro Kamio, Wataru Komara, and the Shinjuku Division, Matenro. Uh, Sho Hayama, Hiyami, uh, Ryuchi Kijima, and Kent Ito. And the Shibuya Division, Fling Posse. Yusuke Shirai, <laughs> Somai Saito, and Yukihiro Nozuyama. Not all the members will be present at the event. And currently, all of the Buster Bros, Shintaro Asanuma, Shohayami, and Yusuke Shirai are scheduled to appear at the first live concert. The event will also mark the release of Buster Bros' first album on October 25th, and it will include three rap tracks and a drama track. And for those of you who are joining us in the Vogue Network live chat room, I'm going to post the article there for you, and you can look at the video uh, for the event. Yeah, I was setting up the uh, Skype computer in the background. Sorry. So, you know, <laughs> you know what? Let's. I think we have a little bit of time. Let's go ahead and play this. Okay. I'm suddenly reminded of, of Def Jam Fight for New York, the the Japanese version, which has uh, all the Def Jam Japanese artists on it. That sounds amazing. I kind of, I, I kind of want to see if I can track that game down. See, I, I, I don't understand kanji, but they're pretty much breaking down the cast of how this is going to be. I, I, I want to see this shit. You know, I want. This is going to be kind of hot. It looks a little bit like JoJo meets like Mongolian back Mongolian Shop Squad. Like that's the kind of animation feel it has yes. to me. You know what? I can just picture the JoJo crew instead of stands, they're all holding, they're still posing, but they're holding microphones and they're just shit talking each other. Oh, oh my god! A, <laughs> a JoJo and Dio rap battle that yes. would be amazing. Yes, epic rap battles of JoJo's bizarre adventure. Someone get on that AMV, please. Well, there was already a skit a few years ago called Epic Rap Battles of Anime, and I think it involved Naruto and One Piece. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh boy, another Pirates versus Ninja <laughs> My feels exactly, Ari. My feels exactly. See, I would, I, I would do it this way. See, I would do it 
where Team One Piece is starting to get the upper hand, then out of nowhere, here comes Captain Harlock appearing and just freestyles and just wrecks the One Piece crew. It'd be like, boom, mic drop. That wrecks I wrecks them both at the same time. No, 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 no. Just to go after One Piece, because if you want to see a real pirate in action, Captain Harlock, <laughs> punk, you know. Or you could have like a like a Bash the Stampede come in, or or even Cowboy Bebop, and it'd be like Space Cowboys, because Cowboys, Ninjas, Pirates. That's how it is. But as Co Bob Coffee says in the chat, JoJo's Bizarre Rap Adventure. Yes. <laughs> it oh comes my from God! Yes. Universe where the JoJo's franchise was inspired by uh, rap instead of rock and roll. Like, yeah, old old 70s and 80s rap masters. Well, That'd be cool. I mean, if you follow JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, a lot of the stands are actually named after various, not just rock and roll, but some R&B singers and stuff like that as well. So, well, yeah, because uh, R&B is actually really big in Japan. Mm -hmm. You thought JoJo would be the one to give you your first hiss, but it was me, Biggie! Oh, my God. <laughs> Baby, baby. <laughs> well, here's an interesting thing. There was a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure game for PS2 that was based on, I believe, Part Five, which is in which takes place in Italy. I forget the subtext title to that one. But one of the stands is called the Gold Experience, which is aimed at the, one of Prince's albums or songs. And they were going to bring that to the States. But his, but at the time, they were like, yeah, no, you can't have that race for us to do it. So it never happened. Oh. Well, they tried. So, anywho, Marco, you hungry? Always. So, you might as well, well, here's your plate, here's your knife, here's your fork. Dig in and tell us about Food Wars. Uh, yeah, so Food Wars, the third plate, actually premieres mm. today. Woo! Yeah, so um, Crunchyroll is going to simulcast Food Wars, the third plate, starting today. Um, just like it has the last two seasons. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, if things go the way that they should, Crunchyroll will uh, do the uh, simulcast, and then Sentai Filmworks will license and release uh, the series once it's completely done. I thought Funimation had the rights. Mm -mm. Hmm. Learn something new every day. Yeah, so I'm excited. Um, Funimation is going to stream the English dub for the mm. series. No. They have the dubbing rights to it. They do not have the licensed... Like, licensed for sale Japanese kind mm -hmm. of thing. They only have dubbing rights. Gotcha, okay. Um, I've seen various things... And uh, basically, people are complaining about the animation. Why? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Everyone but... finds something to complain about everything. 
Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the same company that's actually doing it or not. Um, like, I'm trying to find that out. But it, looking at the pictures from it, um, the art style is actually very different. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hoping it's not bad enough that I can't watch it because I really do like the series. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm looking at this link that Ari linked in regards to JoJo. You're not wrong. <laughs> and I think I'm not the it, one who came up with it. I mean, and I think in one of the parts, Araki did some outlandish shit where, like, all the streams got crossed or something. I don't know. But my uh, the, the description of uh, Diamond is Unbreakable is my favorite one. Japanese high school, the power of friendship and healing must defeat hand-fetishistic serial killer David Bowie by kink-shaming him to death. Well, kind of, sort of, yeah. Yeah, something like you, that. You ever just, like, pause and think about what you just said and, like, the, and just how that sentence came together and be like, what the fuck? The thing is, Jotaro doesn't really want to fight. He's like, let's be... Let's go on. Now, when you fuck with his hair, that's when he's going to wreck your ass. Yeah. <laughs> he's like Uncle Jesse from Full House. Don't don't touch the do, you know? Why does that kind of resonate with me all of a sudden? Don't fuck with my... Don't fuck with hair. Is it your inner Italian side? I don't know. Mamma mia. There you go. <sighs> Anyhow. Before we get down to the end and so forth, Ari, tell us about Your Name. <clears throat> the anime Your Name is being remade, remade as a Hollywood live-action movie. Oh boy, here the fuck it comes. I'd like to call Produced it Produced by J.J. Abrams. Huh. Yeah, it's going to be renamed to uh, Your Lens Flare. Hmm. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, director Makoto Shinkai's Your Name was a huge hit with hardcore anime fans, but the film owes no small part of its success to its ability to appeal to viewers outside the otaku market. Sure, it's got its share of anime tropes, but it's also a relate relatable teenage love story plus a science fiction thriller. And unlike so many other anime films, it doesn't require familiarity with outside source material, spin-offs, or dictionaries worth of jargon to provide a complete, satisfying, and emotionally moving experience. That broad appeals not only made it an unprecedented success with overseas moviegoers, but has also earned it some very big supporters in Hollywood. <clears throat> in, in this case, J.J. Abrams. <clears throat> the Hollywood Your Name will be a joint production between Toho, Paramount, and Abrams Bad Robot Productions. Along with Abrams, Lindsay Weber and Kinky, Kinky Kawamura, producer of Your Name, will serve as producers. Handling the script is Eric Hashier, screenwriter for Arrival, which earned him an Academy Award nomination, and Lights Out, as well as the 2001 The Thing and 2010 A Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, let's see, no, amounts, no announcements have been made regarding the cast, the cast or film locations, but it's unlikely that the live-action Your Name's U.S. partners will be am amenable to working with an all-Japanese, Japanese-speaking cast or filming in Japan, where filming permits are notoriously hard to obtain. While your name does feature some extensive Shinto imagery, most of it exists as a sim as symbolic window dressing, and the pod's connections to Japanese folklore and societal norms aren't so deep-seated that non-Japanese substitutes would ruin the film's image. 
Still the high-profile backlash from pre-existing franchise fans against this year's live-action Death Note and Ghost of the Shell for removing Japanese elements found in the source material have gone to have to have to have to something the Hollywood's year have to be something the Hollywood's Your Name production team is well aware of. Another difficulty the live-action Your Name will face will actually comes from one of the anime's greatest strengths, strengths, namely its gorgeous visuals. Visuals. While many animated live-action projects struggle to preserve the look and atmosphere of the characters, in the case of Your Name, that challenge extends to the backgrounds and scenery as well. Shinkai and, by association, Anime Studios Comix Waves Films give settings a moist, glistening, vividly colorful quality that perfectly complements the pure-hearted emotion and cleansing catharsis of its films. And pulling that feat off in live-action will be as intimidating as undertaking as anything else for the Hollywood remake. So, yeah. Hollywood's dipping into uh, anime again. They've Um, been dipping for God knows how long. I was, uh, you know, I I mean, oh, God, not another one. But then you hear a name like J.J. Abrams, you know, for for lack of a better term, knows what he's doing. So he might, you know, give it the respect that it deserves. Well, now, I'll I'll say this. It's going to go one of two ways. And fans will be pissed about it no matter what. Which is true. That's definitely a big truth when it comes to to translating animated subject into real life. But... Like, if they... It could go like this. They could keep it live action film it all in Japan. The fans will bitch that there are no English uh, act American actors, this, this, and that. They could do an American adaptation of it. They will bitch and point out whitewashing. You can't win either way. Something you, I mean, honestly, something has got to give on this. You, It really does. Well, and also that, too, is that American... Okay, so the American market in Hollywood isn't catering to the fans. Mm-hmm. And the fans... It's It sucks to say this, but anime fans are cheap. Yep. I'm sorry. We do. We buy our $40 anime season packages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But considering that other shows cost, you know, $60 a season, whatever, like, anime itself is actually packaged to market in mass to... To those people who, at least in the American market, aren't paying that much, yeah. meaning we're not going to the theater, we're not um, buying the movies, we're not doing a lot of that stuff because we're more tech-savvy, which is yeah. both a blessing and a curse to the industry, mm-hmm. um, because we know ways to get other things. Yeah. Um, and so when they're catering it to the American market, they're making it like the, what they did, which was, oh God, definitely was so bad. Uh, but they made it a rom-com. They made it a rom, dark comedy, trying to live off this whole cult thing of, like, Danny Darko and it and all that other stuff that was coming out of the pipes because that's what's hot with that market. Um, they're not looking to cater to anime fans, and it really it makes me so sad, but it also makes me upset because anime fans keep trying, keep trying and trying and trying to get Hollywood to listen, and Hollywood doesn't care. Hollywood could give two shits. They don't follow the source content. And don't get me wrong. I saw Arrival and I was expecting like, oh my God, it's another 
you know, attractions of the third kind. Oh my God, I'm going to be so bored. This alien movie is not going to be any good. But it actually was. I enjoyed Arrival, and I'm really, really picky about my alien movies. Um, and it was really neat. They had their own, like, stuff going on in the film, and they actually picked a few good actors for that one. However, when it comes to anime-based movies, especially things like Summer Wars or, you know, Your Name, it it's very more... Uh, like environment oriented it's very much more about the surrounding habitat that the event actually happens in and if they don't get that right i feel like that's where a lot of the anger is going to come from um but yeah that's just my feels on it sorry i'm very passionate about this stuff but it really just sucks because as fans there's not much we can do um you can go and you can write letters and pawn letters and letters and stuff at Hollywood, but until you become a producer or a high flute actor or a director, you're not really going to make any of those changes you really want to because they're still going to make their $20,000 a a minute, you know, shooting, you know, uh, some character in some really weird, depressing alleyway because that's dark and that's what emotions are, you know? It, that's just how Hollywood works. They don't... They, they care... Like, some places care about the fans, but most of the ones, they really don't. See, I would like to say it's more like... You know, you're right about how Hollywood is, but on the same token, I don't think it's fair to say that they throw out the source material. I, I think what they do is they take the source material and add to it and dilute it. Okay, so they but, don't they don't but they Hollywoodize it. They Hollywoodize it. But Rana. here's the thing yeah. And you know yes. and, that, and it's not even that. Even adaptations on the T V and this and that. Because you know what? When you what when they do the adaptation, regardless of the format it's going to be it is not meant for the comic or is not meant for the fans of that genre or that series. It's meant to get the, any person, Joe Schmo, off the streets to come check it out. Exactly. And, and they have it's said the change this, of target look, market because that's who makes them the money. Yeah, that's, and that's who yeah, cause on, look, cause, puts butts in seats, yeah, as it were. Because honestly, uh, look, for example, well, if we do it right, let's say there's going to be a, an adaptation of Sailor Moon into a two-hour feature film. If they kept it, if we find out through the leaks and reveals, it's going to be 100% close to the source material. Oh, the fans will show up. But the numbers won't be as high. It's like when you get, when like anime is in theaters and they only have selected theaters. There'll be a lot more, but not enough. Now, if they were to change the source material, make it a little bit more action packed and this and that. Like what they did with the Deke dub in a way. Oh, everybody's going to show up and be like, well, I got to check this show out, you know? Yeah, and because also when it comes to press and coverage, negative coverage as well as positive coverage go both get a similar reaction from the public. So even like Death Note, like all the fans were like, oh my God, it's going to be so horrible. It's going to be a DBZ evolution all over again. We're going to hate it. And the rest of the people were like, oh my god, what's this show about? I've never heard of Death Note before. It sounds like something I'd really like to see. It's got the word death in it. It's so mm-hmm. edgy. Um, <laughs> but they, they'd never heard of the anime before, and they didn't have that tie to it. They didn't have... Even if there were a Sailor Moon live action, going back to your example, Ranma, mm-hmm. um, because there already is, let's be honest, the musicals, um, 
if it is taken from its Japanese roots and stuff, you're going to have the people that are crying wolf because, you know, it's not the Japanese actresses, it's not the Japanese actors, um, because that's not who's going to put butts in seats. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the famous named people that may or may not have any fandom in Sailor Moon. They might be like, oh, yeah, my five-year-old daughter really loves Sailor Moon. It's such a great cartoon for kids. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, that's my childhood. I'm going to stab a hoe. But, you know, they don't have that direct tie to it, so they don't have as much feeling to make it that way, as well as they're not getting paid to do it, you know, how we want them to. They're getting paid to to come in, do their job, and then leave. And that's kind of sometimes what, like, Hollywood, like, feels like to me when it comes to fandom movies and things like that is they're getting paid to do a job, and they're trying to balance, like, Bob Coffey is saying, like, balance shit. They're trying to balance both the, mm-hmm. the fandom and the the not-so-fandom so that they can appeal to a wider audience. But in doing so, you have a lot of the conspiracy anime fans and the, the ones who are very particular about how characters are portrayed and all this other stuff and all the people who are fanfic writers and all those things that are very detail-oriented with the series that are going to be lost or offended because in their exception of the source material they understood the series in one way as opposed to what the corporate side is doing but anyway Mm -hmm. i've blathered on about this a little too much so uh, that's just how i feel about it if you'd like to continue talking to me about the hollywood business factory you can definitely join me on my skype or on my facebook page i'm always happy to talk about this stuff with people or, or you can send us an email uh podcast yes. at animejamsession.com or ichigo yes. at animejamsession.com and if we look in our chat room here at live.vognetwork.com um Bob Coffey says, a case of trying to balance shit, Star Trek Discovery. Well, from what I'm reading on my Facebook, mostly everybody is giving zero fucks about Star Trek Discovery and watching the Orville. So I think we know where that stands. Well, you've got Orville, you've got Westworld coming out. No, 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 Get out of here with that trash. But you've got a bunch of sci-fi coming out because that's what's hot now. That's like, oh my god, it's so chic, it's so on point, mm-hmm. you know. And and so that's what that's what Hollywood noticed. They were like, oh my god, nerd is cool, <laughs> and um, goth is cool, and cosplay is cool. Oh my gosh, we need to have here's of cosplay. We need to have um, makeup shows like Face Off on Sci-Fi. We need to have people like big brands like Simplicity and no. McCall's and stuff doing patterns it's for you, those it's people. It's go, it's go, it's go. E-E. Yes. You are going off the track. I'm sorry. I'm just very passionate about yep. this subject. Anyway. Which means you need to start writing stuff about this stuff on our site. <laughs> I do. I will. I, I just don't. Ah, I'm really bad because I don't like to offend people too much. I'm I'm very. I'm a soft, fluffy marshmallow bunny I know, and I don't like to hurt you people. Are, but I do you have are opinions. a soft, fluffy marshmallow bunny. If t- it touches a certain way, we'll bite said finger off. Okay? Yes. All right. Yes, now, it's true. Now that we got that out the way. The yes. Skype line is open, so if you have any questions about tonight's show, go ahead and give us a buzz at Anime Jam Session. Um, all calls are cut to two minutes due to time constraints, but depending on how, how things are going, the calls might go even more. But for now, here's our music, and let's get the ball rolling. And I, I have to question what was going through Mako-chan's head when she gave us these these articles. I want the last one. Some of these titles are a little questionable. 
And um, because it's me being a dick, I am giving the first article to Ichigo. Uh, why? Well, you know what? I'm going to read the description. That's, I did talk a lot. So that's I, because I you, that. you, are the, you are the regional president of the Pico Taro fan club. I am apparently the honorary president who did not. I was voluntold, not volun. I did not volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, like how everyone much... who wants to wants to take like, undertake this, step forward, and then everyone else but you step Everybody back. Everybody step back, yes. And I'm just not paying attention because I'm reading my manga. Um, so Pico Taro, how did how much did Pico Taro make? A buttload. Pico Taro reveals how much money he's made from PPAP. It's as much as he did in the past 25 years. Mm. He has a pen, and it turns out he has a buttload of money. Uh, pen butt money. Okay, I didn't write that. That's a really bad joke. I know. Oh. Um, it's been a year since the little jingle about pens and pineapples and all the wonderful things you can make with them first made a splash on the internet. And while most of us are pretty much over the song, or have been pretty much over it for a while, and all the guilt and punch perms that came with it here there was still one nagging question how much money did that guy make from this anyway hum about one more spin for old time's sake and i'll jab my eye out with a spoon um a few months ago after the song's initial success kosaka daimao who plays pikotaro told the program nonstop he had not gotten a single yen from the song and naturally there was much rolling of the eyes and a collective groan of yeah right to be heard from the general population at this news. And with good reason, it turns out. On the 29th of September, Dai Mao appeared on Fuji TV's Downtown Now and finally admitted that at the time he was actually bringing in hundreds of millions of yen, or millions of dollars, a month, which equaled his income from the 25 previous years of his life combined, which is both sad and amazing, but that's how viral goes um of course the video itself has garnered over 120 million views and the ad revenue that came along with it but die mouse says the bulk of his earnings came from the commercial appearances obviously and earlier this year he appeared in a major commercial for leading chauffeur service in china that aired nationwide and is believed to have padded have padded his pen pineapple apple pen purse considerably there's a lot of alliteration in that sentence and also, let's not forget the PPAP Cafe appearances on Sesame Street in SoftBank commercials oh. at the Grammy Awards, at the legendary Bodokan Arena in government PSAs, and in his own animated TV series, which scarily reminds us of Bananas in Pajamas, and even alongside his South Korean counterpart, Sai, in a music video. Needless to say, Pika Taro was not one to turn down a job offer and successfully milk the PPAP fad for all it was worth. And perhaps then some. So while we might scoff at the song and now call it play it out, Dai Mao is having the last laugh all the way to the bank, along with his swimsuit model wife. Mmm, that lucky bastard. Still makes me hate this fucking race of ours. Mm. You see, you know what this reminds me so much of? That episode of The Simpsons where Bart said, I didn't do it. Oh yeah, he became the I didn't do yeah, it boy. Yeah, and all. Yeah, that's what this reminds me of in a way. So it also reminds me. I have a friend who's actually a practicing actress, and she just came out with her first independent film and stuff. And uh, she's been on Facebook forever, like we all have. Mm-hmm. We all kind of grew up with MySpace, went onto Facebook. It was like the natural uh, occurrence of things. And she got 
I, I, I don't want to say famous, but she did get viral. Like she, she got her 10,000 followers or something from one. She was one of the first people to do a video about the unicorn Frappuccino from Starbucks and like react to it with a Snapchat filter of like a cat face. So she has this like high squeaky voice that the Snapchat filter gives you. And she's saying like curse words and stuff. So obviously mm. that made her go viral and got her her 10,000 followers or whatever. But she had been practicing and being such a serious actress beforehand. Like the stuff that makes you viral is the stuff that's going to get you money. And it's really sad to say that, but that's just how it works. I ain't surprised. You know, you work so hard to perfect this craft and you do something by accident and then all the people in the money start showing up and you're like, well, fuck, where was this a long time ago? But then you realize when you practice your craft, you're able to do this. Yeah. While you do practice, you are gaining different skills, which reflect in a different way when you're just in your everyday life. And in this case, like it goes viral or you, you find out about these Snapchat filters that you can put on Facebook for social media purposes for your normal stuff. And then you do something on accident that just makes you viral. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it was a weird situation. All right, so anywho. To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on vognetwork.com, use the passphrase SPADE. This next story reminds me of a couple friends of mine who like to fart in, their, in each other's general direction because you fart around the one you love. And apparently it extends life expectancies. If you want to believe that. <laughs> Jap it seems that Japanese adult film actresses are going to fart on stage in a live performance in Tokyo. Organizers invite fart fans to, to the only place in the world to hear beautiful girls fart live. <sighs> Later this month, Tokyo's Lefkada Theater will be hosting a live appearance by a trio of Japanese adult film actresses. But while there's performance, while there's a performance element to this event, the three women won't be fornicating in front of the audience, but farting. Organizers say this event is being held for the enjoyment of Japan's 120 million fart fans. Though how they arrive to that number is a mystery. What is known that the get one of the guests of honor will be one will be film star Rina Aihara. Also, it will be Miyu Akeme. And Miru Iroha. This won't be the first time for, for an attempt like this to break wind on command, as the three appeared on an adult satellite TV broadcast, Paradise TV's The Fart Program, over the summer in August. While they are unable to fart skillfully during the program, the event's website breathlessly promises that this time they will fart to the limits of their intestines. Although the fine print backpedals by including Please be aware, depending on their physical condition, it may be impossible for them to fart no matter how hard they try. Well, okay then. Despite the events of Zar Permis, the planners of Let's All Hear Beautiful Girls Fart Together are looking to put on a content-packed show. 
various styles of farts, such as farts while wearing street clothing, swimsuits, and while wearing cosplay outfits that will stimulate your sense of sight and smell. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Blah. The event will take place on October 21st, and doors open at 6, and the event starting at 6.30. Tickets can be purchased in advance through service Live Pocket. Live Pocket. And the prices are 3,000 yen, which converts to 27 bucks. At the door is 3,500 yen, so I would say that's $32, give or take. Attendees are required to purchase at least one drink, costing 500 yen. So if the prospect of sipping on a beverage as farts stimulate your sense of smell doesn't sound particularly pleasant, you might want to show up early and drain your cup before the farting begins. Well, I only have one thing to say about that, really. Everybody has their kinks. It just makes me think of the whole hosiery thing at that geek festival in Japan a while back. Um, at least these are real people and not robots, I guess. Yeah. And as Dungeon Buster says, sight and smell. Gag. Yeah. yeah. All right, Ari, get us the hell out of here with this last one. Japanese requirements for tattoo artists to have medical license may be the nail in the industry's coffin. Oh, boy. Mm. A legal appeal by Osaka-based tattoo artist Taiki Masuda, who originally fined 300,000 yen, about $2,600 U.S., for operating a tattoo parlor without a medical license, has failed in his attempt to have tattooing reclassified as an artistic expression, and bought out the legal grades in which it sits. <clears throat> since 2001, tattooing has been legally classified as a medical procedure. Since the needle pierces the skin through the ear, nose, or other body part, piercing doesn't require a medical license. As such, in Japan, tattooing can only legally be performed by licensed medical professionals. Since the government doesn't issue tattooing licenses, tattooers in Japan are actually breaking the law unless they happen to also be fully trained doctors. Such individuals are few and far between them, and Matsuda is one of several tattoo artists in Osaka who found themselves subject to police raids after a crackdown in 2015. Uh, the Osaka District Court ruling found that Matsuda was guilty but reduced the original fine by half to only 150,000 yen. Matsuda's lawyers have said that the ruling threatens the livelihoods of over 3,000 tattoo artists in the country, and they <clears throat> and have now announced they will take their appeal to a higher court. Masuda and his advocacy group, Save Tattooing, have said that they want to persuade the government to set up a special licensing system for tattoo artists to ensure standards of practice and hygiene as in other countries and prevent tattooing from being driven underground. Despite a long history of tattooing in Japan, they're most associated with the Yakuza organizations as historically as criminal penance and social attitudes have been slow to change despite more and more young people getting themselves inked. In a recent survey, an equal number of men and women were asked what they thought about using public facilities like pools or onsen hot spring baths alongside those who had tattoos. And you know, like, and there's a little chart here to, uh, which I will put in the chat for everyone to look at. And over a third of women, almost two thirds of men, didn't want to visit onsen or pools alongside other. Use of sporting tattoos, and only 20% of women and 12% of men would allow them if covered up with tapes or bandages. 
While tattooed non-Asian foreigners may have some leeway in terms of being allowed in the onsen and pools, many of which have an outright ban on them, <clears throat> those visiting Japan should be able to ch should make sure to check beforehand, and taking some body tape might be a good idea. It's also worth remembering that tattoos are also banned in some other places, including some commercial gyms. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are some people who practice their art regardless with zero fucks given. And oh look, the uh, the link, the last link is a an anime tattoo artist. Because of course that, of course, what else would it be? Mm-hmm. I've seen some really amazing anime uh, tattoos. I really. Oh, have. so have I. And it's Dungeon Buster was saying us. I went to medical school. Medical school. Oh wow, a doctor. No, tattoo artist. Technicality, schmecticalities. I know what I'm doing here. Just imagine a conversation like that happening over here. I, I yeah, can't... the the amount of crap that your tattoo artist does in the name of art that should be done by professionals in the medical, you know, world is astounding. Uh-huh. All body modifications are not done by medical professionals. That includes gauging. That includes um, the splitting of the tongue. That includes... Um, making your ears pointy, uh, the, the dermal piercings, the, the implants that go under the skin, um, this thing's the, disgusting. I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly anything that has, that passes through your skin wall, like anything that passes through your epidermis is essentially something that really, unless it's like... Like, like a pimple or something, let's be honest. Um, then it's something that needs to be handled by a medical professional. And honestly, like Dr. Pimple Popper on her website or her, her, her channel always talks about how it needs to be done in a sterile and clean environment. Which is another reason that if you have a tattoo artist that doesn't practice cleanliness or looks a little sketch with the way that they handle their implements, just leave. Just go. Find another place that's cleaner. Because um, I have a bunch of friends who are tattoo artists, and they're practicing tattoo artists, and they're very clean, and they're very, very nice, but there have been horror stories, and the worst thing you can do is have somebody who's practicing their art in an insanitary way. Mm. Yeah, the guy I go to is all clean and sterile and all that. He, he There are people who take care of all their shit, too. But yeah, like Mako's saying, it is, it's literally, it is a surgical procedure most of the time. Yeah, when you're getting implants that have to be attached to your skull so you can screw um, spikes into the top of your head, that's a medical procedure. It is no longer, you know, anything other than that. And be careful. Uh, when you're doing that because you could void parts of your insurance and if you're trying to look for your insurance to cover it make sure to read the fine print
I didn't know we were all medical doctors here. We're not. No, I just play one on TV. We're barely professional. <laughs> That's, yeah, I would go with what Ari said. Yeah. Yeah, all four of us as doctors. Yeah, it's called uh, Trauma Life in the ER for the Nintendo Wii. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> I think it's time to play our last track tracks tonight and wrap things up. So how does that sound to y'all? Sounds good to me. Perfectly fine. Sounds awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, we'll be back. I'm not 
Now, before I go ahead and wrap up tonight's show, uh, some interesting news just came across my feed, like the goddamn AP Newswire. And I'm just like, oh god, it's going to suck. What happened? New York... Philly is getting a Comic-Con. Like a... Yeah. Like what kind of a Comic-Con? Like a New York-style Comic-Con? Yes. Well, they already had Wizard World. No, it's going to be... It's from Reed Pop. It's Keystone Comic-Con at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. Hmm. Could be fun. If it... If it's going to be any indication of how they ran New York Comic Con, I would not step near that damn convention. Nope. And to me, the only plus side to that would be the cheesesteaks. And the fact that it's in Chinatown, so. Jesus. As I was telling a co-worker today, I have not gone to Comic Con willingly in the last four years. And that shit ain't going to change anytime soon. So anyway, if you like what you heard, tell a friend. They in turn to another friend and so on and so forth. Uh, we are independent bloggers, independent podcasters, and we tell you what's going on, this, what's up and what's not, because we're straight up like that. We do this for the love of it. So if you have any questions about the show, ideas, suggestions, flames, trains, planes, automobiles, all that stuff, you can drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to we're here to listen to you, and also if you want to continue uh, Ichigo's uh, raves and rants and so forth and agree with her, you can send them there too. <laughs> Check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com where we post links to our art, our cosplay articles, convention reviews, uh, links to our photos, links to our con- convention videos, our podcasts. And if we can, we're going to try to open up a new section called Ichigo's Rants and Raves and Passions. Let's see if we can get something going with that. But also, you can find our podcast on multiple um, syndicated sites as well, such as Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, Blueberry, Groove, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and also right here on the VOG Network forums. You can check out all of our convention videos at, anime, at youtube.com slash TV. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter for updates on our website, our Facebook conventions that we're going to, and some other interesting stuff, you can follow us at twitter.com slash anime jam session. And also on Facebook, facebook.com slash anime jam session. And I'd like to say to all of our fans who follow us on social media, thank you so much for your love and support. And we're just going to keep that as long as you give us the love, you know? And we're not the only uh, geek podcast on this network, so you definitely want to check out these other shows, like the Starboard Power Coupling Podcast, The Geek Card, The Bobby Blackwolf Show, Orange Launch Radio, Critical Myth, British Invaders, Pod Culture, Electric Sisterhood, Girls Gone Wow, Ranger Pride, Game Bowie, and Hooked on Bond. So we'll go around the room. Last words, Mako. I am hoping I can sleep in tomorrow. Mmm, sleep. Mm-hmm. Ari. I need to acquire sleep because I gotta get up at 5 o'clock in the morning again. I feel you. Ichigo. I will sleep later. To Ichigo, sleep is for the week. Yes, it is. Or when I'm dead. Or both. My last words. Um, I re- quickly I reorganized my display case so I have all my box figure arts on the bottom shelf. 
Um, I'm going to, um, going out with a friend to have ramen tomorrow. We're going to catch up on some stuff because she just started a new job. You know, we're going to talk, talk shop and just like say fuck all of this. And tomorrow I'm going to start packing for my trip and start taking stuff to the dry cleaners and laundromat and all that. Because I want to be ready, packed and go. Because most likely when I get out of work on Wednesday, I'm going to come home, probably sleep for an hour, get up, shower and go. And that's it. End of list. Um, we there will there will be new shows every Tuesday. Um, let's see. I'm looking ahead at the calendar. Our Christmas show will probably be December nineteenth, and we're gonna take our three weeks off, and we'll be back. Maybe two weeks. We'll be back on January 9th or the sixteenth. We'll be talking about Magfest and all that good stuff. So yeah. Um. I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. I'm Makachan. And I'm Ichigo Gummy. Great fight, great night. See you next week. And I'm out this bitch. Night. Bye. Say goodnight, Makachan. Good night, Makachan. I'll take that. <laughs> Good night, y'all. Good night. of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressed on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!